And we're live. I don't know if I like this uh, blur background thing or not. I mean, I kind of like it, but when my hands are up here <laughs> and it's still blurry, it's like, oh, you can you can see my board games if I go like that. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that was a terrible time to go live. <laughs> I'm the one person the button too. Um, we're live. Hello and welcome to another episode of Loose Cannon. Uh, this week we are going to be talking about, um, well, it's the candescent armor, but it's solstice stuff specifically. So right. it's, it's kind of a little bit, a little splash of both. Uh, solstice 2022 specifically as well. Yeah, because it's different, but the same, but different, but still same. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> people... So, so actually, yeah, people um, were not a fan of the changes from what I've been seeing. People were like, oh, I don't like this. I wish they, they kept it the same and stuff like that. And so what what are your opinions on it? Um, the mechanic was, uh, I like the new mechanic, mm-hmm. but... Um, I just feel like it's kind of, um, it's not necessarily repetitive. It's just predictable for the mm-hmm. most part. And I think that leads to, I think that leads to some quick burnout on it. Um, especially like, I, I like the fact that you don't have to do the heavy grinding. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, it's a different type of grind, really. It's, it's more focused, I guess. Yeah. It's very focused to that, which is good. Uh, so there's a lot of good and bad. Mm-hmm. I I, I, w- I wouldn't even say there's a lot of bad actually. I just think yeah. there's some bad. I think that the overall activity could have used maybe just a little bit more um, randomness. I like mm-hmm. like for instance, uh, battlegrounds is a great um, is a great like what do you call it measurement for this mm-hmm. type of activity because battlegrounds. It's very engaging. It's it's like a horde of enemies that just flood at you. You're really kind of doing this uphill battle or downhill battle until you get to the final boss, which is, you know, centered around just, you know, chaos. This is not like that. Mm -hmm. So um, when you have something like Battlegrounds that exists and then you play another activity that seems to be more focused around like an event, and it's not like that, or it's not as engaging, it kind of leaves you feeling like you're missing something. Mm -hmm. It's like giving somebody the dessert before a meal. You know what I mean? It's like, eh. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that Battlegrounds shouldn't exist. Obviously it should, but I'm just saying it would have been nice if it was like a miniature version of Battlegrounds. Just hordes of enemies that kind of flood at you, give you more random encounters, something that is less predictable because this is something where you go, oh, I got to go over there now. Oh, I got to go over there now. Oh, yeah, I know where to go now. Yeah, I mean, then, I guess I kind of agree with that. Like it, it could use because it, it's different, but it's it's different in a way that it's more focused of the same instead of just being because what what did it used to be? Well, it there's, was the, it was the, it was the, you know, just the hordes of enemy or the enemies were kind of localized to an area and you had to go find them. 
There the was part. like dedicated boss spawns, and you would like exactly. go in and around the buildings, on the buildings, behind the buildings, and you'd search yeah. for the bosses. Yeah. So which gave you that, a little bit of a panic mode, yeah. which was nice. Well, I mean, um, I, I I don't miss that, and I, I think that's why it, that's a good change about it. So it used to be all scattered, yeah, and there were many more locations because now it feels like I've seen uh, one, two, three, four five like dedicated spawn locations and my only complaint with it is so few bosses spawn that you're kind of stepping on your teammates toes yeah i'm even i'm even the guy that's like okay well he's over there and he's over there so i'll go to this one and as i'm going to this one one of my teammates finishes up and they come to to take it from me and yeah yeah, that's a big part. That's a big point of contention for yeah. uh, Destiny because, like, you know, we're all working towards our bounties. We're all working yeah. towards our own little missions. And this is something I find funny that doesn't come up <laughs> because, mm-hmm. you know, we all feel it and we all experience it. It's mm-hmm. that you stole my kill moment, right? Yeah. And I know it's I know it's kind of like selfish to think. Don't it isn't touch my shit. at all. Because but, because of the system, it isn't. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But they've created a system where, you know, it kind of invites this type of yeah. player activity. In Halo, it was really bad back in the day. Um, you know, there was like a whole thing where, it, oh, shit, you stole my kill. You know, screw you. And then you start shooting your buddy in the head because it was friendly fire. Mm-hmm. Well, now in Infinite, <laughs> the good thing that they've changed about it is uh, the two things that I really love about the biggest changes in Halo uh, to this day, which people might not agree, but that's because they're nostalgic and fuck them. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they took away collision, so I can't bump into my 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 team anymore. Thank God, I just go right through them. Yeah, and they took away the effing friendly fire. Thank goodness. Those two things are the most annoying thing. Now, Destiny doesn't have friendly fire. But the collision, when you're flying into the air and somebody else is flying into the air mm-hmm. or you're running around a corner and somebody steps in front of you, that is so annoying. Yeah. Or they push you off a cliff because you bumped into your buddy. That's so annoying. I hate yeah. the collision. It's 2022, dude. Let's get rid of it. But so, and I, I think you started on the task and you just Sorry. shot Sorry. off. <laughs> because you were starting with something that I was I was agreeing with and I was I was gonna bring up. It's like so I spent these three weeks of Solstice telling myself I'm gonna play Solstice and never playing Solstice and I started playing this weekend and I'm like I am so upset with myself because I really enjoyed it. I really I really liked the way of targeting uh like kindling yeah. and all that. Like I know it's it's just replaying the same stuff, and it's like yeah, but it's an it's a yeah. seasonal event. Of course, it's, it's going to be replaying the same stuff, but it's centered around the e- EAZ. So it's like okay, now you go here and you relive some moments in this area, and then you go here and you relive some moments in this area, and now you go here and you relive some moments in this area, and all between that is is the EAZ. But <clears throat> when it's like you get you get your leaves and your kindling on your own, but then, so that's fine kind of, uh, but then you need your ash and you get your ash by you being the one to throw the ignitions into the bonfire. Yeah. And 
if someone takes my ignition, if I put in all the work on a kill, even though they're not hard, hard to kill, but if someone swoops in and takes my ignition, I'm like, what the fuck, man? I needed that. Exactly, dude. Exactly. That's the big, that's the big point of contention is that yeah. whole, like, dude, I got stuff to do too, man. I'm yeah. not wasting my time. I'm not going to spend 30 minutes here just yeah. for you to take everything. Right. And, and, and I know it sucks to, to be like that, but at the end of the day, it's like, we all got something to do. Right. You know, we're all trying to, that's the funny thing about destiny is to me, it's very backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, we do everything we can to to <laughs> mitigate the amount of time that we're spending in the activity. We do everything we can to get the most bang for your buck when you're doing something. So, like, a lot of people will just wait for the headbangers to everywhere. get... Right, right. But, I mean, they'll wait for the headbangers to go through the raid to find out the exact way to do it. You know, the most efficient route possible. They'll go in with every single bounty that works towards that one event that you're doing. Yeah. And then it's like, yay, loot, 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 loot. But it's funny because we level up, we get as powerful as, as as we can so that when we go in, we just one shot, you know, low tier enemies and the bosses are just, yeah, not as bad. Mm-hmm. And we work towards this ultimate goal of just making everything super easy. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like we say, oh no, but they're making everything harder. We're actually in, we're actually creating an environment where you can go do harder activities. Yeah, but we're making those harder activities easier, easier and easier yeah. and easier. Anyway, sorry, my soapbox. I, I think I think potentially a, uh, a convenient change for something like this is is Solstice is a seasonal event. It's not a it's not a per- permanent event. You know, it doesn't last the yeah. year or it's you yeah. know it's. It's a holiday function. Yeah. I think a happy middle ground would be if you're in a team, whether it's a fire team or an LFG team through the in-game LFG uh, matchmaking, matchmade team, I mean to say, all of it should be across. Like if you just went yes. ham with supers, Absolutely. it should count for me. If I went ham with if, hand cannons, it should count yeah. for you. So, like, one thing I love about doing missions or playing, you know, I play with my wife all the time. Like, Mm -hmm. that's how we play. I'm co-op. That's, if I'm playing, uh, I'm playing with my wife. That's when I play. So, anyway, Mm -hmm. what I love about missions and patrol and going into even strikes and stuff like that is if you're close enough with your teammate, you're both getting points towards your bounties or you're getting a shared um, Mm -hmm. experience, right? And so... Even in even in Gambit, you know, if you're close enough to your buddies, uh, you know, you're getting whatever bounty your friend or your fire team member is getting the same thing. Why not just apply that globally to everybody in the same fire team? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want to say crucible. That's ridiculous. But I'm just yeah. saying like every other event, you know, everybody's going to try to find that one thing. Oh, well, what about this? What about this? No. Hey, leave that alone. Crucible is its own thing. We don't need shared bounties across fire team members. Yeah. That, that can be its own thing. Like competitive zones, Gambit and yeah. Crucible, I can understand. It's a competitive zone. You are kind of fighting for kills. It, it's in its nature, but like strikes, yeah. patrols, solstice yeah. event, festival of a loss event, um, any other yeah. event we get, yeah. it should be you're, you, this it should is a be a collective ex- yeah. yeah it should be collective reward systems for yeah. for one another. I mean it's it it it, it invites so much more um Hey buddy, come with me type of experiences, right? Yeah. Because 
and I don't, maybe this is me just trying to sell it to the masses, but the way I feel is if you really want to bring lower tier players or people that are on the fringes of playing Destiny back to the game, make it to where these big tank guys that have been grinding for years mm -hmm. can kind of make it easier for you to just play. And like, here's my biggest, here's my biggest thing is make it easy. Let us make it harder mm -hmm. instead of make it hard and then let us make it easy. Let me, let me bring in somebody and say, Hey, come play destiny. No, anybody can play it. Play it on easy. Here you go. Play it easy mode, right? Yeah. Play with your friends, all that stuff. And then, Oh, was that not enough? Let's make it harder. Let's make it even harder. Let's work just hardcore. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. No, yeah. I mean, I, I think, because it's kind of weird, like, to give strikes as an example. You, everyone has the same daily, weekly bounties. Of course, the, the extra bounties are random, so there'd be, yeah. sometimes you're not getting the shared benefits. But yeah. to, to assume, just to keep it on with the daily and weeklies, everyone's getting the same. So yeah. what's the harm in letting everyone complete the same bounties? The strike is going to have the same number of enemies no matter See how what I mean? many times you run it. See what I mean? See and what I mean? Like... And that's the biggest and that's the biggest problem because you've got people that just want to speed run the strike. Yeah. And there are people that just want to hang back and get their kills towards their bounties and then you're like all of a sudden everybody's spawning at the boss because this one, you know, a-hole well, I mean... <laughs> Just, that's a different thing you know entirely what I, from what yeah, I was right, right, saying. Right, 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 right. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, everybody has a different motive or an agenda. Just make it a little bit easier, a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more play friendly for everyone, right? So, yeah. If and they're not going to do this because this is my conspiracy. Is it's a whole marketing ploy for the game is making everybody go to the tower. <laughs> so annoying. But if they would make bounties just automatically in your inventory and then if you clicked them off while you're playing, hey, great. It's kind of weird but that you they didn't... don't, that they aren't, I know. in my opinion. I know. I mean, there's got to be some reason that they, they aren't. I don't know what, I don't know if it's like an I immersion factor my cons or... My conspiracy, my conspiracy theory is that if you give somebody something they have to go do, like go to the tower... Mm -hmm. Well, now you have an advertisement for the newer players or the other players and say, hey, how'd you get that armor? How'd you get that thing? How'd I mean, I guess, but no one's no or one's it looks that. like a population is there when they're really not. They're just forced to kind of stand there. How many times have you been in the well, tower? I mean, no, it's a cool actually... experience to, to be because the tower is like the one dense area mm -hmm. usually constantly filled with guardians. That's a really cool experience to have. And I would. I would miss it if there were like no more tower. You don't need to be here for. Like, oh, I agree. I don't want to get rid of the tower, yeah. but what I would like is like if the tower is going to exist but right now. If I go to the, the tower, if I go to, to the exist, tower, you need bounties. Is what I'm. Saying. I know that's what I'm saying. It's like it's unfortunate, but yeah. you know they're never going to get rid of it, and so this is why it's there, and that's what I feel like. But what I what I what sucks about the tower is go to the tower. How many people are actually walking around? There's maybe like a fire team that's, you know, dorking off, running around, jumping. I usually see six know. or seven people, I'd say. Okay. And then the rest of them are standing still. I mean, they're still there, though. Like, it's still it's still real people that you're seeing. And it that that's a cool experience. And that's what I mean. Like, it's a cool experience yeah. to see people in the tower with you. And it's sure. like... If bounties weren't there, people wouldn't have that experience. People wouldn't need that experience. If all bounties all the time were auto-fed into into your your quest system, 
because that's just what it was. And I was like, here are your bounties for the day. And if you want extra bounties, you have to go to the tower and you can purchase extra right. bounties. Maybe I don't know. You know, it's just, that's it. yeah, there that's has, the other there has too, to be like, some coding reason as well. It's not just the fact that they want the tower. Oh, because... I know. I know. There's like tons of reasons. I mean, dude, from a game, you know, experience, I just think like from a game experience, it just, it sucks. It's unfortunate that certain things are the way they are and there's nothing that can be done about it. And then, but I get it. I get it. Making games is hard. Making a code that works, you know, for everyone's play style sucks. And then having to sacrifice things like the tower and stuff like that, that's not going to happen. Like there's a reason why it's there. There's a reason why it's done the way it is. And I, I mean, I love the tower too. I love the fact that there is a tower and that you can go in there and see people everywhere too. It's just, it's just an unfortunate downside to the, the game experience uh, that, you know, some days I just want to get on and just have my bounties there. I don't want to go everywhere, all over the freaking solar system, picking up bounties. That's yeah. all. No, I agree. Um, it would be it would be very convenient, obviously, if we could just have our bounties. Because, and that's something, like, I played so little this season just because of life and other things. That it like I started playing and then I moved and stuff and it like derailed me from playing and then other games came out so that derailed me harder from playing. Yeah. And I'm just passing uh season rank thirty, and it's very important for me, for me personally, this is a personal thing, to hit season rank one hundred every season. And I'll usually hit like by the end of the season, I'm usually around like one ten, because that's how like much I put in just enough to get the 100 <laughs> and then I'm usually done. But this season it kind of hurt me and it extra sucks because I really want those ornaments because they're really, really cool ornaments. Even if I'm never going to use them, they are cool very ornaments cool ornaments. This time. Yeah. This season has yeah. some good ones, man. And uh, you know, that being said, the season had some good, cool ornaments, but this season's um, like from a lore card experience really sucked. <laughs> well, let me finish my, my, my statement. So like now I'm like hitting this end of the season and I need to start playing. You, you made me forget what my point was. Sorry. <laughs> you got to hit 110 because that's what you do. Well, I got to hit 100, but why was I saying that? Because there's such a good armor. Oh, bounties. Good, bounties. Yeah. So the way that you do that, unfortunately, the way that you do that is bounties. And so I came yeah. back in and I'm like, I need to start playing Solstice. We're talking about it this weekend. I need to have like okay. an actual understanding. And I was playing Solstice for like an hour and I went up like two ranks and I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I didn't pick up a single fucking bounty, but I was running around the whole system doing things like just like doing lost sectors for leaves and, and, and yeah, getting melee see? kills and all that. And I was like, I just wasted two hours that I could have gotten 10 ranks easy. Why are we not talking about these leaves, by the way, the silver leaves? Because they don't matter. Oh, no. But like it's 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 a lore thing. It is, but it isn't. So also, oh, no. seasonal events are like. They're 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 like canon in quotation yeah. marks, where it's like yes, everything that happens is true and real, but also not. Yeah. They're they're Schrodinger canons. <laughs> That's a good one. I like yeah. that Schrodinger canons. But yeah, I'm, I I I wish I wish Solstice was here to stay. 
because I don't think there's anything even going on after Solstice. It's just like right out the no, season. I want it for another I want it to two be weeks. Done. I'm ready for yeah. I'm ready for freaking Festival of the Lost. But it's like, what's the harm in Solstice riding out to the end of the season? Is, is my point because uh, I'm having a good time. Oh, with I see. It, and I'm mean. really beating myself up for not getting into it sooner. And so, like, I want Solstice and I I, I want to finish the season and stuff. And I'm excited yeah. to see the showcase. Um, is that Me our too. next show? When's the showcase? Yeah, the uh, isn't it right before the showcase? So we're right before the showcase on the 23rd. Yeah. yeah. And then, so then our following show would be on the, f- the 4th, September 4th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then we're going to have two weeks of season. Yeah, that works. Oh, I got to talk to you something about uh, after the show. I don't <laughs> I don't want to say it here because. Um, okay. Remind you. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me. Don't let me forget. Because it was something I was thinking of. I mean, they might say no, but I was I was thinking about asking someone to come hang out with us. Hmm. Oh, okay. Do you want to get into the lore card? Yeah, it's a short one. All right. I'll All right. right so. This week's lore card was Territorns. Um, it's basically a shader in Destiny. It's called Argent Territorns or Territorn. Um, I don't know if you've seen the shader the way it looks, but it doesn't really do <laughs> a lot of uh, shading. And that's kind of one of the funny things that was brought up by the community. But I thought it was kind of cool because you think, what is an Argent Territorn? Well, Argent just means silver or white. It's silver white. Um, but teratorns are an extinct group of birds of prey that are very large in size. Um, and so these these large birds, these uh, very large extinct birds, have often become like a point of a thing for folkloric tales. Uh, so they lead to the they led to these uh, nightmarishly large carnivorous birds of prey to have become the subject matter of pop culture references and for many cryptid hunters, uh, like people who are interested in finding the Sasquatch or, you know, Loch Ness Monster, stuff like that. And so <laughs> Territorns are very much a real thing uh, in that they existed, but they're extinct. And so the only thing we can really compare them to now is their predecessor, the Vulture, or you know, the turkey vulture, condor, thing like that. They, they look like that. But teratorns are an extinct group of birds of prey. They had a, a similar ecological relationship to the living North and South American condors. Um, this group first appeared in fossil record during the Oligocene of Brazil approximately 25 million years ago and includes one of the largest extinct flying birds, which is Argent Tavis Magnificence, there's that Argent name, right? Which had a 20-foot wingspan. So they eventually became extinct at the end of the Pleistocene, I, I can't pronounce that, Place, Pleistocene, whatever, some 10,000 years ago. And um, what's cool about these these huge birds is because we found bones and fossil records and all of this uh, history and culture, people have come up with these wild ideas <laughs> to what they are. And so you could probably, you know, get lost on the internet just looking up some of the theories that people have. It's pretty wild. Uh, but 
Some of the folklore that has led to many to believe that they have witnessed these sightings of these large teratorn-like birds, such as the Thunderbird over Illinois, which are giant avians from Native American lore uh, that rode the winds and updrafts of head of storms. You know, that's like Native Americans believe in, or some uh, tribes believe in the Thunderbirds uh, that brought in the storms. Then... There's also a similar folklore surrounding the cloud dragons over Texas. So that was another folkloric tale. Uh, these cloud dragons were basically just like an idea that, you know, if the storm was coming, it was the Thunderbirds or the cloud dragons that brought them in. What I think is cool about it is <laughs> Argent Territorn is the name of the shader. But what is it shading? <laughs> You mean like if the you, colors? Yeah. So like if you look at the, the this is the community kind of honed in on this right away. Yeah. If you look at the shader palette, you've got this big red triangle. Yep. And the rest are basically shades of black. One is a silvery white, you know, argent. Um, but that one red color. So this is the, what I found out was this is the default shader for the, um, ep, ep, I'm going to butcher the name. <laughs> the the seasonal the seasonal <laughs> ornaments we got for you know the 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 ghosty hell's fire guys ornament how is set. that the same because those have bright red on them red right yeah so where's the red anyway that's that was funny. funny because you should be able but, to use, because because that's something that bothers me when when things like that are like this is the default shader from this set of armor you should be able to yeah. use this shader to make other armor look like it like it belongs and that's never how it works i, I know so i found out something so the red only shows up <laughs> on glowy bits that figures most armor doesn't have glowy bits, yeah. and some do. Some do. So, like, if you have yeah, some clear. armor or ornaments in your, uh, you know, whatever, you can explore and try to find which ones will glow red with the shader. So you mentioned um, people still believe in the the terror torn, like cryptid yeah. hunters and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, be careful. Be careful. Don't want to step on anyone's toes. <laughs> well, I was just gonna ask you. I mean, if if the terror torn existed, and you, you, would would you hunt it? Would I hunt hunt it or yeah, hunt for you, it? Would you hunt for it? Uh, no, no. I would let I would let the professionals do that. If someone else hunted it, would you eat it? Would I eat it? Yeah, like someone yeah. Else I mean, if it was it. already dead and it was like yeah, someone hunted it and it was of it was course. being cooked. Yeah. You would eat it. Sure. What do you th What do you think? This this was a real this was a real bird. It was a real bird. So teratorns are just an, a whole, ex, they're a whole group of birds that let live. But the one in particular that they're trying to hone in on, on Destiny, is the, um, uh, it, the scientific name is Argentavis magnificens, um, which is the massive teratorn that we have fossil records for. I mean, 20 foot wingspan, dude. That's massive. That's like, that's like if you had a vulture right now, it would look like what uh, a thrall looks like compared to an ogre. So that's what. Which are the same thing. That's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, uh, originally. So that's these things are basically vultures is what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. 
Do people eat vultures? They're but they're different from vultures because well, they're different from condors because this particular bird, which I don't know how they figure this out, but you know, scientific uh, research has determined that, and it changes like probably in ten years. This will all be irrelevant what I'm saying, but they were predatory, uh, so they were they were like, you know the freaking tigers of the sky. I mean, they would go down and kill other, you know, small birds. And, and so they were not only carry on eaters. They were not like, you know, only feasting off the dead. That was uh -huh. just a part of it. So it, it's cool that they brought in a shader that identifies with the massive uh, vulture like bird. Because if you think about what's the game doing right now, we're all kind of one, we're ghost hunting Two, we're, where like you know, it's all about death, and and you know, feasting off the carry on of our enemies for loot and stuff like that. So it's neat that they bring these little tie-ins um, into the lore. But yeah, gigantic vultures, basically. People don't eat vultures, right? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, I'm, I'm sure somebody does. You know that yeah, that sure there's Dr. that whole does. rule. But yeah, there's that whole rule. <laughs> if you can think of it, it's probably happened. What? Yeah, yeah. If you no, can no, think no, of no, it, no, 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 no. That's not what yeah. the rule is. That's not what the rule yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. There's one, there's a rule out there. <laughs> think about it. Oh man. Yeah. Uh I don't mean to to make it uh oh I'll pull up the white card. I don't mean to make it um sound like i'm the drifter or anything but it, it's always it's always been something where it's just like as long as it's not like an endangered species or something if, there's very few animals that i would be unopposed be opposed very few animals that i would be opposed to eating yeah I mean, that's what i mean to say like i'm not gonna eat an iguana i see and that's what i mean if it doesn't if it doesn't look like if someone just like took a fucking iguana and threw it on a fire, I wouldn't eat that. Yeah, but if, but if somebody gave you some like shredded iguana meat, you'd probably eat I it. I would eat it, yeah. I would too. See, that's the difference. That, but that's I what I not, mean. Yeah. Don't give me a scorpion on a stick. No, uh, and that's yeah, But if I'm, you pulverize it and put it in some mayonnaise, maybe. Yeah, the only bugs the only bugs you eat are water bugs. You don't you don't eat desert bugs. But you know, and it's just something it's something that actually on, on like a personal note bugs the shit out of me you know when people are like um they like fish but not a fishy fish and and other people give them shit it's like become a thing it's like well if you want fish but not a fishy fish why are you eating fish and blah blah blah, blah. and it's yeah. like yeah but you know you eat chicken and turkey and they taste very fucking different they're both birds they're what's the proper yeah. term fowl they're they're both whatever poultry poultry, poultry. they're yeah. both poultry very different fla flavors. I don't like turkey. I like chicken. But no one gives me yeah, shit I about guess. that. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Okay, yeah. so like, uh, but yeah. And that's what I, I mean. Know. Like, what would a Teratorn taste like? I'm just, I'm just curious. Probably like a turkey. Oh, well then fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want a Teratorn sandwich? No, I mean, I guess I would try it. But yeah, I went to... um. I went to a Brazilian steakhouse and they just like bring meat out on spikes and they're like, do you want some? And you go, yeah. And they just cut you off a little, a little piece of meat like, like that. And, <laughs> and they, just, like, they just do laps, meat? just various, yeah. various kinds of meat. 
and they were like, would you like some lamb? And I was like, I've never had lamb before in my life. I guess I'll try it. And it was disgusting. I will never eat lamb again. Oh, that's unfortunate. Lamb's good. I, I, it was, it was, it was horrible. I was not a fan. See, that's another thing too. Like first experiences generally Mm -hmm. or typically will dictate what you like. Like, I feel like I failed. Like I feel like I've failed as a father sometimes because my oldest daughter won't eat bacon. What? Yeah. She hates bacon. Well, I mean, I wish I could hate bacon. I can't. I love bacon. I, I mean, love most bacon people too. love bacon. I love like bacon too. I don't want to support bacon. I don't because, either, but I love because, bacon because yeah. you're a pig. <laughs> no, because, but... <laughs> because my ideal life is is a middle finger to any capitalism oh, possible. And bacon well, was was absolutely a trick that everyone just bought into and fucking that's true. blew up. Yeah. Back in the day, people were like, bacon? But, but, I'm not eating but, that crap. But, but chicharrones are, are delicious, and that's just bacon. Well, I don't know what that is. You don't know what chicharrones is? No, that's why I said I don't know what that is. Okay, so that is um, basically the back fat of the pig that's been fried. It's like pork skins, but not. It's better. I might have had that at a, uh, a Korean barbecue. Oh, where, yeah. See, they have it, too. Make yeah, it that's yourself. Good. It was horrible. Yeah. Oh. Damn. <laughs> Got <Gotcha. laughs> We, we got that and we got like marinated beef and but see that's what i'm saying it was you so like the experience pretty much dictated what you like now so like my oldest daughter and yeah. I, I can I, I know why because i burnt the bacon her first time eating bacon mm-hmm. and so now she associates that horrible burnt taste with bacon and so i ruined it i ate some barely undercooked bacon once and i still like it <laughs> it made me very sick, but I still yeah, like I it. <laughs> Hopefully, it was cured. I mean, I don't know. It <laughs> might as well have not been cooked, to be honest. That's that's what that's how I remember it. It was. I was Just so apologies opposed. to apologies to all of our listeners that may not eat meat. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I get that too. You know, I always say it with my friend at work. I was like, if if someone can make like the most nutritious meat substitute that still tasted and had the texture of meat, I, yeah. I would never eat meat again. Yeah, uh, it's not like yeah. I enjoy killing and eating animal. I don't. I don't even kill. Well, animals. it's funny. It's funny. It's funny when you think about what we eat as just humans in general. Yeah. Um, it's very. It's very cultural oriented. It's very localized too. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's very, but now we have this like global influence and culture. So we are experiencing things from all over the place. That being said, one of the things I find interesting is how we uh, incorporate these things into our daily life and what we decide we like. And then on top of that, how did we get here? Mm. So I just don't want to you eat anything say- that's like intelligent. Right. So like if you could make everything synthetic but make it taste like the thing that you like. We are hyper-focused on those staples, right? But it's not what we get full of. When you go to a steakhouse, if you think about when you go to a steakhouse, your mind is all about the steak. It's got to be the steak, the steak. But the steak occupies the very smallest amount of what you typically consume at a steakhouse. You go there and you fill up on bread, mashed potatoes, or baked potato, or all of these other sides and crap, and maybe even appetizers and a dessert if you're crazy. And then... The steak was like a small portion of your entire meal. Unless you get a but, shitty steak. 
with that too <laughs> like you just won't eat it but but we're hyper focused on what that is and if you think about it in on a day-to-day uh experience that was the smallest part of it right yeah. and so but that's what we're fixated on so if you could replace that with like beyond steak yeah <laughs> i don't have many i don't have many like quality steakhouses around here but like i like outback which i would consider a steakhouse that's, that's why i prefaced it um, but i go there and i'm like 50 i'm like 40 percent excited for the salad that i get and 60 percent excited for the steak yeah it's yeah. uh they have they have a good salad yeah but you know it's the carbs that really made you think in your back of your mind in your pleasure center that that's why I wanted to go to that steakhouse. It wasn't the protein carbs. <laughs> it was all yeah, it was all the tasty carbs, the the bread and the I don't and give the a potato. Shit about the bread. Exactly, you think that until you don't have it. Watch. I don't get it. They they Here's forget a, here, to give it to us all the time. Oh, they do. Yeah, I don't care. Well, that's good. Okay, I get mac and cheese though. I used to get the potatoes. I See, there a, it I is, was... the mac and cheese, the mac and cheese. <laughs> I, there it is. I used to get the potatoes. I was on like a real kick for potatoes, and then I just stopped. Uh-huh. But you have, but so... I challenge you to go to a steakhouse and eat zero carbs and see how much fun you had. I think there's carbs in the salad. No, I mean, well, that's vegetable carbs. There's a difference, like. Don't well, eat I mean, any pecans. Is that carbs? Are pecans carbs? Yeah, nut, nut pecans. I say pecans, but yeah, that's a little bit of carbs. Nuts, a tiny bit of carbs. Pecans, pecans. Yeah, pecans and pecans uh, uh, pecans and those um those like like crispy noodle things they got. Uh huh. Carbs. Those are carbs. Well, then I'm already out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> croutons, carbs. Well, they're not croutons because they're little noodley things. I know those little spicy I, I little things. I hate croutons. What? Because nine times, not nine times out of ten, that's exaggerating. Six times out of ten, when I'm eating something with croutons, I'll get that crouton that is like solid and it Oh, hurts. seasoning. Yeah, and it's all just gross. Yeah, and it's like, oh, and I'm just like, why did <laughs> I eat that? And the drifter yeah. would eat it. Yeah, no, the drifter, the drifter loves this podcast right now. The drifter loves Outback. I bet he does. But so, <laughs> I so one fear I do have with the idea of synthetic food is I would give it like if they started making like perfect synthetic meat, mm. I would give it one with a window from one year, like not before one year to not after two and a half years, they would make synthetic human meat. Oh man! So enough people out there would be like, "We need to have this." Oh man! And within that, that's after creepy. one year, but before two and a half years, that's my bet. That's a creepy thought. That is a creepy thought, isn't it? You know what? I had a thought. <laughs> okay, so before we go too far off the rails, <laughs> too late. Um, here's a real quick thought: if if we were able to replace all of our our favorite foods and they're favorite because you know they're full of fats and sugars and all of the things that tap into the reward center of your brain mm-hmm. if we were to replace all of those with a synthetic version that was healthy um after a while we would no longer want them because it would be not tapping into the back of your mind of that pleasure center that makes you want and crave that thing so they would very much have to replace 
the material in it with something that you do crave. It'd be like uh, it'd be like taking the sugar out of a donut, right? Uh, 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 I, I, I think I have to disagree with you right there because I'll, I'll just admit this and 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 own my shame. I've taken down two sleeves of Tim Tams before in a single sitting, so that is not true. <laughs> Wait, what's a Tim Tam? You've never had a Tim Tam? I think I have. They're delicious cookies or biscuits, I guess technically. Yeah, but there's sugar in there. Yeah, of course there's sugar in there. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you took the sugar out and put, like, I don't know, sweet and low in it, you're not going to want it. Oh, no, of course not, because it doesn't taste like sugar. Exactly. So if it tasted exactly the way it tasted, yeah, it'd be fine. But if they oh, replaced okay. it with something, yeah, yeah. So what yeah. I'm saying is the reason why you like sugar is because it taps into that re- reward center. But if they replaced the sugar, made it taste like it, yeah, for a while you'd get through. But eventually your brain would catch up and say, uh, I'm not getting the reward I used to get from this. I it's mean, people have been eating those fake banana candies for years and they didn't notice. So I don't think it would, it would catch on too soon. Banana candies? Okay, we got to get off of this. <laughs> So this this week we are talking about we don't have that here. You don't have runts. Oh yeah, we have that, but that's yeah, sugar. The, no, but the bananas aren't. They don't taste like the bananas that we have today because those bananas went extinct. The bananas and runts were modeled after a now extinct banana. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, that's a little different. And people are just like, mm, banana. It doesn't taste remotely the same, but they've accepted okay. it as banana. Okay, but yeah, synthetic flavors are a very good example because um a lot of people a lot of people don't like cherry flavored things anymore because it reminds them of the medicine that they had when they were kids. That's another good example. Or grape. Some people don't like, I can't understand this, but I love grape everything. But some people don't like grape flavor. Yeah, Synthetic. I mean, if you don't start your day out with a glass of uh, cold grape milk, then there's something wrong with you. What the hell? All right, I'm done. Okay. I'm done with this. Okay, so this week we're talking about the Solstice event. We've, we talked about the Solstice event at the beginning of the show. And with the Solstice event came the new seasons, the new year's Solstice armor, which we showed with, uh, that was a nice, that's, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get uh, a new image as well. The Solstice hunter armor uh, on the lore card, if you're watching. Um, So I think last year we actually had 15 unique sets or 15 unique uh, lore entries. This year we only have uh the five each helmet has the same each arms has yeah. the same each chest has the same i'm sure anyone who started reading them would notice that but to save you time if you go on ishtar to read them there you go that's that's the secret to it helmet arms chest uh chest boots class item just take your pick on whichever titan hunter or warlock it's it's easier than ever excuse me um, and so, you know, last week we had a, a relatively short book and we kind of thought like, we should just read these. We should have just read these. And this week when I was making these notes, I was just like, we should just read these. Cause they're very short. Like some of them yeah. have like less than a hundred words. Yeah. And, uh, so well, let's just take turns, uh, reading them. Uh, I'll start with, okay. um, the candescent helmet. 
Jax shakes his head and watches the Crucible match play out on screen. Bravo Team's Warlock has been revived by their ghost three times in 30 seconds, and by the look of things, they're well on their way to a fourth. It's a shameful display, and the rest of Bravo Team seems to be getting fed up with it. Tough match, huh? Shax turns to see Ikora Ray, her eyes fixed on the screen as well. Tough for that Warlock's team, Shax sighs. They've eaten a full shotgun blast to the chest and a hunter's knife to the face, and even got disintegrated by their own grenade. Mm-hmm, Ikora replies absently. Bet you 500 glimmer they rally. Shax tilts his head after at, at her. Are you serious? I'm always serious, she replies with an arched brow. After a moment, Shax nods. All right, I'll take that bet. They turn their attention back to the match. The warlock is caught in an explosion, revived, impaled on a glaive. Revived, falls off the edge of the ar arena, revived. And then, they land a headshot, and another, then another. They stick close to a member of, the, of Bravo, drawing fire so that their teammate can release a fusion rifle burst into their opponent. Shax watches in awe as the warlock shapes their light into a flaming sword and takes to the sky, raining fire down on Alpha Team. When the smoke clears, Bravo ekes out a narrow victory. How did you know? Shax asks as he hands the glimmer to Ikora. That warlock stayed in the match. Never bet against someone who won't quit. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. Yeah, it's just, you know, Solstice, Solstice isn't a heavy, heavy time of lore. None of the, and this is what I meant earlier about, like, it's, um, it's like Schrodinger's canon. It's like, yeah, it's canon, but usually it's very unimpactful yeah. canon. It's, yeah, it's not like in the, yeah, it's not like in the heart of the lore. It's kind of yeah. on the outskirts. Oh, uh, you got the good one. You got Namrask. Yeah, that's a good one. So, can, candescent grips <laughs> or greaves. Yeah, so, that's why I said or whatever. arms. Yeah. And notes. Oh, wait, do you have the notes? I forgot to give them to you. Oh, no, I don't. It's okay. All right. So, Namrask moves his four hands near the loom, though he dares not touch it. He fears that one with skills as paltry as his will sully its mechanic mechanisms. He can still scarcely believe he has allowed to be this close to it as all at all. Well, ask a digital voice from over his shoulder. What do you think? He shuffles to the side, making eye contact with Ada One, the EXO, who invited him to view the loom. An impressive machine, difficult to master, I think. Synthweave can be finicky. Ada admits. She crosses the small room to look upon the loom herself, but the results are well worth the effort. Why? Namrask begins, mustering his nerve. Why did you invite me here? It, <laughs> it was thanks to your people that the loom exists at all, she replies, and Ido tells me you are a weaver. That surprises Namrask. Ido makes a habit of avoiding him, and he always thought she disliked him. Not that he could blame her if she did. I am, he says, and then, almost inaudibly, now. He bows his head in silence and shame. Ada says nothing for a moment, then turns to glance wistfully at the loom. When the Black Armory's forges were lost, I felt that I no longer knew who I was. And so, I had to reinvent myself. She leaves his side, opening up a drawer in her desk and taking from it an object wrapped in cloth. Here, she says as she hands it to him, for you to practice. 
Nan Rask unwraps the parcel, staring wide-eyed at the synthweed bolt in his hand. From one weaver to another, Ada sends Klein kindly. I really like that. That that that's probably like my favorite entry from this set of armor, actually. Me too. Me too. Do you know why I like it the most? Why do you like it the most? Because we brought it up right when Beyond Light came out. And I honed in on it and I said, Ada One and Namrask have two parallel stories that are exactly the same. And they both felt like they were obsolete individuals in the game yeah. because they're their moment in time had passed and they were trying to repurpose themselves to make them relevant again. And so it's like the old washed up war torn hero coming back and trying to make himself or herself useful amongst the pack that's new and reinventing themselves and a part of the new story, a part of the new saga. And so Namrask, what can I do? Well, I'll weave cloth. Mm -hmm. Ada, same thing. What can I do? I'll weave cloth. There's there's no better feeling than like accurately connecting with the characters and the story and yeah. then that being proven like a year. Like this is exactly. over a year later. Exactly. And uh, so here's the years. other here's the other dynamic that I hope a lot of people understand. And I'm not gonna explicitly say it, but I feel like a specific writer, Seth, uh, who wrote the story egg you know of egg cloth and the story of, of you know the egg weaver or the weaver mm -hmm. um i feel like this was somewhat a commentary on how he felt uh, a lot you mm -hmm. know during his writing processes and and during the time that he felt when he had to t take a leave of absence basically he, he deleted himself from twitter for a while yeah and uh and he had to really kind of focus in on himself and what his purpose was as far as a writer is and his contributions to uh, Bungie as the team was moving on and becoming bigger and the story was growing. And at one time he was the main focus and the main part of the entire story and saga. And so I get a little choked up when I think about it because I feel like this is a little bit of him in there kind of saying, Hey, it's okay. Don't worry about me. I took my mental health uh, time of leave and I'm back. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just trying to bring myself into this story again. Yeah, it's it's my favorite uh, personally because like Namrask is one of my favorite characters. That they kind of they're act they're more ac accurately the mirror to Saint than Mithrax is because Mithrax was basically like maybe he did do things, but we they haven't really explored what he did. Right? Yeah. It was like, what do we know about Mithrax? Well, he tried to steal something once. But then he was like, I guess you can have it. And that was yeah. it. Like, that's all he had to, to, to do it. But Namrask was the saint of the fallen. Exactly. And he's trying to reinvent himself. And he's like, I don't do that anymore. I'm not a fighter. Like, even even in Beyond Light, we had his book, right. um, Achilles Weaves a Cocoon, um, which was his previous name, Namrask. He tried to reinvent himself so hard, he gave himself an entirely new name. And, uh, you know, it's just, that's why I like him. He's he's really trying to not be the the person he was because he realizes that person was wrong to do what he right. did. Right, right. And Ada is kind of, 
in a similar position, except it's like she didn't do anything like objectively wrong. Well, like, think about think about what her story arc was in the Black Armory Forge that she hid from everybody. Her whole idea was to keep the well, she the hid weapons. it from the Guardians, exactly, specifically so, the Guardians. Yeah, she she was a part of like this covert, yeah. uh, highly tuned weapon. You know, it's like freaking the CIA just coming up with some new weapons and saying, "Here you go." And then you're like, "You've been here all along." Yeah. But and you know, Ada Ada fits it in a in a similar position because of that. You know, she she was building these weapons, trying to prepare humanity for safety, trying to pre- prepare humanity for the ability to fight back, yeah. and basically, right when it was like there everything was ruined and it's like you have to reinvent yourself you can't be this thing anymore and so it's it's very different from namrask but uh, the fact that she needed reinvention like like you mentioned all the way back in beyond light uh era um but yeah it's just it's a it's a really nice entry i think yeah and if you ever want to go back and listen to that episode you can because all of our episodes are on wherever you can find podcasts and that episode is I don't know. <laughs> it's probably uh, Achilles. It's probably the one about cocoon. Achilles. Yeah. Yeah. So the one about Achilles weaves a cocoon. Yeah. Should be where you're looking. You know what? You know what cracks me up? You know what cracks me up? So remember when we predicted that there would be a dragon in the Dreaming City? Did we? Yeah, we did. We predicted there would be a dragon in the Dreaming City on an episode. That was back when Baxter was still on here. Um, and then that episode. And that episode was ruined. <laughs> that episode had, yeah, something happened to it. That was when we were first starting out, and uh, that episode was just, just like destroyed, audio wise. But that in sucks. that episode, we, yeah, I know. In that episode, we had predicted because it was like, I don't know, like three weeks away from the uh, raid Forsaken. coming out. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, we huh. predicted. Yeah, because we were all like, what do you want to see? And we were like, oh, I want to fight a dragon. You know, and, and we were like, yeah, we want to see the end of the raid be a dragon. Damn and it. Because, you know, that would have been on my old computer as well, because I got a new computer shortly after uh-huh. we started the show. And in one of the reasons why I got a new computer is because my old computer, like, it lost so much of my files, Damn, <laughs> including all of the loose cannon files. That sucks. You know what else was great about that? And this is a plug for Blue Crew 86. He's on Twitter. Blue Crew um, was a big, a big guy in Focus Fire Chat for for many years. um, Lore guy. He, right after that raid came out, he went and dug up a D1, a piece of armor that talked about Mm -hmm. the Dreaming City and the dragon and the Dreaming City. And he was like, remember it was there all along. Just like Rise of Iron. Oh, that was awesome. Uh, but so the next entry is the chess piece, the candescent um, vest, robes, plate, probably. Yep. <laughs> A bonfire crackles to those around it, friends gathering in need. It trades for warmth what they cast out and grows to soothe with a brilliant hue. A bonfire roars to those around it, friends cheering the flames higher. It burns away shadows and brightens the night. A refuge from which to look out to look on 
to look to the horizon. I'm sorry. A bonfire whispers to those around it. Friends bonded by revelries now past. Morning ignites the horizon, and dawn makes clear the road. Friends now ride, sparrows astride, no longer a shadow behind. They vanish into the sun. Which is just a nice little poem. I wish I knew the the meter to that. I feel feel like an idiot (laughs) trying to just read this. I wonder what if you read it into like the Sabbathin song? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Go get your music box and read it in that. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Don't do it. No, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> this is this is why we can't even get anything serious done. I mean it was it was it was right there on my shelf. Oh, so. okay, cool. A bonfire crackles to those around it. Friends get... No, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Good. That's good. I don't even know if my mic is picking this up because of the chimes. Because... Yeah, it's not helping. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think so. Because of uh, RTX uh, voice or whatever, it blocks out all those... Things that are like, yeah. well, that's not someone speaking. And you're like, it's right, but I wanted you to pick it up this time. Yeah. Thanks, RTX. Yeah. All right. So the next one is the uh, the, the legs. Boots. Yeah, or the strides, if you're cool. <laughs> or the uh, Amanda Holiday's Solstice Roundup. See what the defenders of the last city think about the new festivities. Vanguard commanders of Allah, each of us has faced and overcoming so much. Sometimes that can feel like a sacrifice or a prize. I'm sorry, I said prize. Weird. <laughs> but it's a lesson to remember and learn. I'd like guardians to keep that in mind as we celebrate solstice. What we come to do is all <laughs> only possible because of what we've done, both the good and the bad. You know, I'm just sorry, because Zavala is, uh, you know, you want to read it like it's Zavala, but he, it's hard to take <laughs> yourself serious when you're reading like Zavala. Anyway, sorry. Uh, Vanguard Ikore. Meditation is an important part of understanding not just the light, but ourselves. We rise in a void and seek meaning. The bonfire is a wonderful metaphor for that process. Amanda outdid herself helping with Solstice. Even I don't know how she managed all of this. Saint 14. A big fire to lay to rest everything we hold in our hearts. Yes, I could use this now. Celebration. Explosions. Revelry. Isn't it wonderful? That's a nice little Easter egg. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Uh, Mithrax. Kell of House Light. I'm not even going to pretend. Guardian celebrations perplex and mystify, but new beginnings are worthy of what the saint calls partying. <laughs> House Light is grateful for its inclusion in this occasion and offers forth many combustible baubles to this <laughs> sacrificial flame. Lord Saladin, Valis to Empress Keitel. So that's new, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Once I can see this bonfire from Keitel's flagship, I'll be happy. Well, I mean, where where is it? 
I know, right? Because unless it's looking down at it, like he can't see it, so he's up. just like, Shut I got nothing there. to say. <laughs> Empress Kylo of the Cabal Empire. What is the ordinance limitation on these bonfire contributions? Perhaps the Cabal can assist in creating a larger fire. <laughs> so it's like, come on, Anna Bray. I'll support anything Amanda does. Quite a show. I'm always a fan of something fancy with a little attitude. Lord Shacks. I like to imagine the ignition cores are grenades. That does put the smile on my face. Eris Morn. The what? <laughs> Perfect. So these are all just commentaries from all the different uh, <laughs> mentors. And it's really ridiculous because it's just like they're tapping into what the character might be like Mm -hmm. kind of giving you a little bit of their personality as a sage thing but it's a little silly it's not as bad it's not as bad as sagira's later haters moment i will say that i don't understand why people were so mad at that personally i don't know it was it's like that was like one of our it's not like we we had Sagira for years, constantly being a voice in in our presence. So like, to have her have this like one moment where she's sassy, it's like, okay, so so what? <laughs> I think it was just the I just think it was the expression more or less than the the, the sassiness. I think it's the the like it's like saying Kawabunga. I mean, like, what I if guess. Saint fourteen? What if Saint fourteen said totally rad? That'd be pretty rad. I guess. <laughs> so, uh, the, the class item is next. Okay. Saint 14 stands in place of the Sergeant at Arms. Sergeant at Arms amid a host of new lights. That's a bad spelling. Most had been resurrected near the city walls. He needed the distraction, the work. But most of all, he needed to be somewhere he could help. Whispers fly between them regarding the legend that addresses them and the strange chicken that struts for figure eights around his legs. This area is reserved for lights without combat training who wish to take part in solstice. Let's get you to speed. He picks up an old looking weapon. This is standard Kvostov rifle. Some of you are familiar with this weapon, Saint says. For those who aren't familiar, it's very simple. He quickly runs through a few exercises, how to reload quickly, adjust the sights, clear a jam. At 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 the ranged targets, he demonstrates how to weave light between bursts of gunfire. Each time, a metallic ping rings out as he strikes a target, and each time, a chicken cluck response echoes (laughs) beside him. (laughs) Calm and discipline is key. Steady support of your rifle will keep it under control. Steady pressure... Of on the trigger will keep you from pulling off target. Breathe, squeeze, and shoot. Balk. Yes, yes, now it is your turn, new lights. The group steps forward and focuses on their targets. Several of the trainees' shots miss, but a guardian in green lands each bullet and cheers. Balk. The new light looks at the chicken now standing beside them, then to Saint-14, who also is focused on the chicken. There is a moment of hesitation before Saint says, Hmm, good. Run it again. I did it perfectly, the new the new light complains flaccidly. Saint steps forward and puts a hand on their shoulder. 
Perfection doesn't guarantee success. Perfection is subjective, new light. That's why we train. But I hit every one. Buck, uck. Saint-14 nods to the chicken, who stands tall and mighty, feathers sharp and puffed against the waning morning light. Colonel the Pigeon Lord says, do it again. I wouldn't argue. <laughs> so, this one's also tied for my favorite, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah, this one's awesome, too. And I, I want to hone in on something real quick, because... Um, you know, obviously the chicken, so that's the humorous part, but then like Saint 14 mentoring the new lights to show them how to fire. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they are shooting, but anyway, the chicken being there and then this one attitude guardian who feels like he's already, he or she has already picked the perfect, you know, has already peaked at perfection and yeah. doesn't feel like they need to keep going. It's almost, the attitude is almost re- reminiscent of Cade. Yeah. So that's what I honed in on is like the chicken balking and this attitude guardian who's very similar in uh attitude like Cade is very like it's it's good. I like that whole little nugget. The birds in this game are the best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel the Pigeon Lord. Um so the thing that I wanted to mention here, it's just, it's, it's kind of morbid. It's right at the start. St. 14 stands in the place of, of the sergeant at arms amid a new host, a house of new lights. Most had been resurrected near the city walls. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, is this, what? Like how, how, how much is a host? Is a, is a host a number? Uh, what? It's like, oh, I don't know. it's like 12, isn't it? It's, oh, yeah, I guess you, yeah. I guess when you use it in that way. That's funny, I never would have thought of that. But it, it's, it's like, it's like less than 20 more than 10. We'll just say that, right? So right. less than 20 more than 10 people were found dead near the city walls. So most will say uh, more than... 10 less than 17 people were found outside dead outside the city walls so are there just corpses not being tended to by the city walls did a bunch of people try to escape a bunch of people try to arrive like what is what what happens that you have say a dozen people just dead outside excuse me your walls well yeah, I mean, it's kind of like in the Cosmodrome and there's tons of, you know, dead people in cars and stuff out there where you get resurrected. But you don't but... think that the ghost would have tried those bodies already? Every single yeah. ghost wouldn't have tried the immediate yeah. score of yeah. bodies? Yeah, you're right. Like, these That's have to funny. be fresh. Otherwise, a ghost yeah. would have already found them. So it's why like are there so many dead the... people outside the city? More importantly, why are they telling us this? Is this just saying that, look, look at all of these people that almost made it. That's depressing if it is. Yeah, but it's kind of like a good commentary because it prefaces this guy's or this person's attitude of being per- perfect. But yeah, you can be as perfect as you want, but you'll just miss that one. You'll miss it by a nose, right? Because mm-hmm. you could end up like all those dead people outside the city wall <laughs> that almost made it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, maybe it's a little warning 
Right. Um, so I don't know if you check the notes, but there is one final entry to read. It's something new, the hand cannon. Okay. Would you like to read that one? Sure. All right. Oh, it's down at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. That's where it would be. <laughs> oh my Something new is oh, the yeah. hand cannon. Just yeah. while he gets there, yeah. it's the hand cannon that um, broke the game it's because of its its it, perk. It's something new, like literally. <laughs> yeah. Well, everything's literal in it in this game. Okay. Anyway, uh, something new. Banshee forty four. It's new to me. <laughs> Do you ever tire of the work? Oh, yeah, I love this one. Ask Eva Levante. Banshee44 looks up from his workbench. Eva often crosses in front of his kiosk on her walks by and from the bazaar, striking up a conversation with him in passing when she does. He briefly wonders if they've had this particular talk before. He wouldn't put it past her to simply play out to spare him the embarrassment of not remembering it. Can't say that I do, Banshee replies cordially. Memory's not so great. Every gun feels like a new one. Oh, Eva nods as she takes a sip of tea from her mug in her hand. It's just that I see guardians delivering parts to you all the time, and you seem to construct the same gun for them repeatedly. Are they not satisfied with what you provide? Panchi chuckles. Maybe. He leans on the bench, looks at various weapon components strewn about his shop. It's a bit like Solstice. Now that I think about it, that seems to pique Eva's interest. Oh? She asks, eyebrow raised. Guardians bring me scraps, pieces of guns they dismantled, Banshee explains, and I turn them into something new. Not always the Guardian was hoping for, well, not always what the Guardian was hoping for, but they hold on to that hope and keep bringing me parts. Eva smiles. Same interaction, different outcome. Yeah, I guess you could say that. How wonderful, Eva says cheerfully. She raises his cup, or raises his cup to him, and walks back to the courtyard. Definitely had that talk before, Banshee says to himself. <laughs> but he never tires of it. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, the definition of insanity right there. Yeah. Same interaction, different outcome. Banshee's, Banshee's always been one of my favorite uh, uh, characters in the game, all the way back yeah. into D1. And when I made my character in D1, my... Um, Guardian, I tried to make him look as much like Banshee as possible. Yeah, Banshee's pretty little, great. Yeah, just couldn't get the spikes on his head. But I always thought it was funny because he was like this old grizzled robot guy, you know, mm -hmm. before I knew anything about Destiny. I just thought it was this old <laughs> grizzled robot guy that was making weapons, and that was kind of the whole point of the game. <laughs> but he's funny. You remember that dialogue way back when? And he, he would sit there and talk to you and he would say uh, something about remembering her. Yes. You know, and and, and everybody was like, who is, who is her? Who is it? Yeah, it was so good. I remember, I remember having a theory and I'm like half right about it. I remember having a theory that uh, XO numbers were because the exos learned something they weren't supposed to they learned the truth about the darkness or something and it like made them go crazy and oh, remembering her i can't remember if i originally thought it was the exo stranger and then i like discarded that idea but i yeah. think it was that banshee worked with the exo stranger that's cool 
Yeah, see, it's I such thought an that old too. Theory. But like, I would never be able to find one, it. One of the things I thought originally was that because we knew we only knew like a little bit, but we knew enough to know that um, he couldn't remember his past life, and we knew that exos were created out of you know humans, like their minds were supplanted into these uh, these exoskeletons or war machines. So we knew that much from Grimoire. And so one of the things I thought was that in his human life, he was like a cop. <laughs> and that was his partner that maybe died on some buddy cop mission. <laughs> so that was my old off. theory. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us this week. Yep. Uh, our next show will be on August 21st. Same time, same place. Um, same bad channel. I don't know what we're going to talk about, though. We, we we might go back for a final Beyond Light book. Not Beyond Light. Uh, Witch Queen book? No. No, Beyond Light. No. We might go back for a final book from some other time. Okay. That just... And I'm sure with the showcase being literally two days later, I'm sure we're going to touch on that, our predictions for that. Maybe something will happen on the 16th. That will give us some more insight. I kind of doubt it, though, personally. Yeah. The way that they've done now, I mean, in the yeah. past, they kind of, I, I think they've learned from not necessarily their mistakes, but their trip ups mm -hmm. over the years that they, in order to keep excitement and people engaged in the upcoming seasons, they have to dole out things in a very secretive manner. Yeah. And no, and I mean, it's I, like, I, it, it, they got wind of us lore enthusiasts and they even locked up the lore now. So everything's yeah, redacted. So we can't read. Yeah. I mean, we would typically gobble up every single thing we could before anybody knew about it. Yeah. But mm. I, I think it's like, I don't think they've found the happy medium yet because especially with solar 3.0 and now going into arc 3.0, none of that needs to be secret. True. You know, like, Tease some weapons, tease some armor, because maybe not armor, but probably armor doesn't need to be secret. You know, it's it's almost it's almost definitely not going to matter. And those are the things that are like, hey, here's some new things. You don't understand the context, but here's some new fun things. And you can very covertly put out a teaser without explaining what the story beat is, you know, True. Um, but. I do prefer the more secretive method, which I've been saying for a long time. So when season of the haunted was being like, what, what's happening? Where is it? Well, why aren't you saying anything about it? Like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there are things <laughs> that like, you don't need to hide that. It's not like we're yeah. not expecting arc 3.0 and stasis 3.0 to come out the season after. Right. I think it's just, um, Maybe they don't want to overshadow themselves. Just to be sure, uh, so people don't mistake that Stasis 3.0 is a joke. We already have Stasis 3.0. That's a joke I'm more confident making on Twitter, where I don't give a fuck if you don't understand. <laughs> if if you fall for that, then that's on you. That's funny. <sighs> uh, all right. Oh, I might have messed up. Uh oh. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I thought I, okay. I thought nothing. Never mind. It's fine. Okay. So we'll be there on August 21st. I think I said. Um, yep. 
So come hang with us. Come hang with us then. We'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Bye.